Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 356 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm asking you to hear me out. When we talk about divisions, we have been breaking down every division in the NFL. We did the NFC South, NFC West, NFC North. And now it's time to tackle the last division in the NFC before we head over to the AFC, and that is the NFC East. Now, this is probably... People people love to hype this division up, and I understand. I'm a Washington fan. We all know this. I'm from the DMV area, the Maryland, D.C. area. I, I live like 10 minutes away from the stadium most of my life. It... There, there is a passion, obviously, that I have for the Washington Commanders. But that doesn't negate the hype that goes into this division year after year after year to ultimately turn into disappointment. Now, I know last year was different, and last year was what we'll talk about a little bit, but there's a reason why it's been God knows. I don't remember the last time this division had a repeat winner. It's it's just a this is a this has been, let me say, a wide open division. Uh the each team presents its its strengths. Each team has ma- major weaknesses year after year and it this is probably the most unpredictable or let me say this this has been the most unpredictable division for in recent memory and that's that's because i don't know if you're going to say that the talent level has been on the same level or what but like i said this division i don't remember the last time it had a repeat winner except for this year and where i'm going to start is the the philadelphia eagles we all know about last year and the 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 season that was last year. Jalen Hurts was incredible. This Eagles team ultimately went to the Super Bowl and had a sizable lead in the Super Bowl before ultimately squandering the lead and losing to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that the NFC in general is weaker this year. Uh, a lot there. There's a lot of. I'm not gonna say weaker. Let me say, let me not say that. But there are. I think that there's a sizable and a seismic difference between the talent level in the AFC and the talent level in the NFC. I think that when you look at a team like the Jets, when you look at the team like, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Bills, the the Cincinnati Bengals, the Baltimore Ravens. Those teams are oozing with talent and oozing with skill that a lot of teams in the NFC just don't have. Except for the Philadelphia Eagles. I started this episode with saying that I don't remember the last time that there was a divisional winner, or a repeat divisional winner in the AFC East, or NFC East. I think that that will be that is that that streak at least is going to end this year. To me, the Eagles not only is the best team in the NFC East, like by a wide margin, in my opinion, they are the best team in the NFC. Now, you can argue possibly the 
the 49ers are on the same level as the Eagles or even better than Eagles. But the, the reason why I will pick the Eagles or I'll put the Eagles over the 49ers is because of Jalen Hurts and how Jalen Hurts has – I'm not going to lie to you. Coming into the league, I didn't have much faith in Jalen Hurts. I didn't think Jalen Hurts was that good. I am one of the. I remember vividly him getting benched for Tua Tagovailoa in the national championship, and Tua ultimately bringing the Alabama tide back and winning that national championship. But also remember him in Oklahoma and how good he was just to come short at the end. But I just didn't have much faith in. Jalen Hurts. I knew that he was talented, but I thought that the team around him when he was on uh, Alabama, when he was in Oklahoma, I just think that the t- I thought the team around him was just that much better. That it's it's kind of like the Brock Purdy effect that I talked about last episode. Yes, Brock Purdy is good, but your margin of error is a lot wider when you have a team as skilled and as stacked as the 49ers. Well, I thought the same thing for Jalen Hurts when you play with a Alabama or when you play with a Oklahoma. But I am I, I'm pleased to say that I was I was drastically wrong. Jalen Hurts is one of the best quarterbacks in football. I'm not gonna say the best, but one of the best quarterbacks in football. And while you can still make it a point to say that A lot of the reason why this team, that is the Philadelphia Eagles, was successful last year was because of the team in general. But Jalen Hurts was that force to get it over the top. And when we look at the NFC East in in general, I don't see a team as stacked and as, as good as the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in this division. I think that Jalen Hurts is arguably the best quarterback in this conference. And it would I would be shocked if this team is not good. Or if this team not only doesn't win the division, but has something to say or or finds themselves in prime position to being in another Super Bowl. I'm not saying I will say this. Let me say this. I understand that this team, the Philadelphia Eagles lost a lot of pieces from last year's team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Last year, the Philadelphia Eagles defense was one of the best defenses in NFL history. When we talk about historic level, they played at a historic level. And they did lose a lot of pieces on that defense, whether it was retirement, whether it was just just going to another team. This Philadelphia Eagles team is different, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Now, however, there was some mainstays that stayed that that I think was huge, like James Bradbury. I understand a lot of people have been killing James Bradbury for the play that happened in the Super Bowl and – now people want to bring up this, that, and third about, you know, he's not that good. I know this. When we talk about cornerbacks and when we talk, you know, ranking cornerbacks and the amount of stops that a quarterback, a cornerback gets, James Bradbury was 
damn near at the top of that list last year. Uh, we know about Jalen Carter coming from Alabama. Uh, Fletcher Cox is still there. Jordan Davis, also from Alabama. N'Kobe Dean, also from Alabama. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, uh, the safety. It's, it's This team is going to look different. However, it is still a very, very good team. Brandon Graham. Uh, Darius Slay. You still have, on the offensive side of the ball, you still have Lane Johnson and um, Jason Kelsey, who, in my opinion, are two, arguably two of the greatest offensive linemen in in football, in NFL history, especially when we talk about the center position and Jason Kelsey. To me, it would be a drastic, monumental failure if this team doesn't resemble a dominant team like the team last year. I'm not saying you're going to have the same record. I'm not saying you're just going to blow through people as easy because the Eagles have a tough, tough schedule. I mean, you start at New England. You have to play uh, the Jets. You have to play the Dolphins. You have to go play, play at Rams. You have to play, of course, the Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the 49ers. The Seahawks. This is a tough schedule, especially after the bye week, because week 11, 12, 13, and 14, and 15, actually, from week from week 11 to week 16, you play nothing but uh, playoff teams from last year, starting with the Kansas City Chiefs. So. I don't think that they're just gonna run through the or run through the league as as much as it did last year, as easy as it did last year. But I do think that this Philadelphia Eagles team will be good. And again, while yes, a lot of pieces left, you still have the core people. You still have Hassan Reddick. You still have, like I said, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Boston Scott at the running back position. You still have A.J. Brown. You still have Devontae Smith. So, <laughs> Nolan Smith, you got from Georgia. It's it's This is going to be a team. DeAndre Swift that you got from uh, Detroit. That's that's a huge pickup, man. It's Especially after you lose Miles Sanders. I, look, I don't... We're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys in a second. But to me, this is the best team in the in not just the NFC East, but in the NFC. And while you can match roster to roster, in my opinion, with the 49ers, I think that Jalen Hurts puts them over the top. Let me talk about Jalen Hurts for a second before we move on. It's no secret or it's it's hard to be oblivious to how bad Jalen Hurts looked in the playoffs last year. A lot of that, a lot of people want to attest 
that too. You know, he did get injured. I believe it was against the Giants. And ever since he got back from injury, he didn't look good. I will also say, and I have, I'm on record in saying that he, Jalen Hurts, was the best player, in my opinion, in the Super Bowl. I think he was probably number one. Number two was probably Chris Jones. Uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, but Jalen Hurts played incredible in the Super Bowl. Of course, there was, you know, the very unfortunate play that cost them a touchdown. Uh, but Jalen Hurts was dealing, and he, he looked really good. However, he did not look good against the 49ers, and I think that I mean we say this a lot, right? We say that your only as good as your quarterback and you're only and and we talked about that with the 49ers the 49ers is an incredible team however they don't really have much to 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 show for it because of the lack of consistency with their quarterback play i think that this year is the year where Jalen Hurts finished, what, second in MVP voting last year. I think that you're not – it's very hard to expect the same output from last year when we talk about Jalen Hurts because of just how good he was. But I do think that Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the division, in the conference. And I think that he will – he – How do I how do I put this into how do I I think that Jalen Hurts is going to be in MVP discussions again. And this is very hard to see a flaw with this Eagles team. And I say that because Jalen Hurts was a question mark for a while for this team. He's not anymore. And I think that he will find himself, at least for a good portion of the season, in the MVP talks. And I don't, I can't, it's very hard for me to judge this team, this Eagles team, until you do after the, or until they, until they reach the bye week. Because outside of that, to me, they should beat the, the even though it is at New England, they should beat New England, they should beat the Minnesota Vikings, they should destroy the Bucks, They should beat the Commanders, they should beat the Rams. The Jets is the, the, the biggest game that I'm, I'm looking forward to. That's week six. Uh, week seven, you should beat Miami with your roster. Uh, it really starts revving up. Again, you have week eight Commanders. You play Dallas in Philadelphia. Then it starts revving up after the bye week. That is when we're going to see the real Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. But I, as we sit here today, to me, the Eagles not only are the best team in the division, they're the best team in the conference, in my opinion. And a lot of that, not only because of the standout players that now you got in the draft, the standout players that are coming for their second year, the standout players like like the James Bradbury and, and Darius Slay and, and Hassan Reddick, but because of Jalen Hurts. And I think that Jalen Hurts is their best player. And if he continues to play like that, I would be shocked if 
not only they don't win the division, but I'll be shocked if they don't at least make it to the conference championship. Let's talk about America's team. Let's talk about the team that everyone that 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 are supposed to be Super Bowl, um, Super Bowl favorites year after year after year, and let's, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas has a good roster. Let me say that. Dallas, they they just ended their holdout with Zach Martin, who is arguably the greatest uh, what center in or greatest offensive lineman in in NFL history, one of the greatest. And they also understand they also understood that yo we can't do what we're trying to do. We can't get to the goals that we're trying to get to without Zach Martin. That's just that's just honest. <laughs> Zach Martin is their best player. He's a, the guard. He's the, he's their best player. So I think, you know, shouts out for the Dallas Cowboys for and Jerry Jones for uh, acquiescing and, and paying that man because it's, it's very different. Or things look a lot different when you don't have your best player and your best player is an offensive lineman. So. But. This is a good roster, right? I mean, you have Zach Martin. You have Trayvon Diggs. You have Dante Fowler. You have Michael Gallup, Stephon Gilmore, CJ Goodwin. Goldston. They 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 have this is a good a good team. Malik Hooker. Um Michael Minka Parsons, CD Lamb, Demarcus Lawrence, Vandersloot. To me, none of that really matters. Trayon Trayon Smith. None of that really matters because I need to see if Dak Prescott can be the Dak Prescott that everybody thinks he is. Year after year, you hear Dak you hear Dak Prescott's name as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, or you hear the e or the 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 the, the Dallas Cowboys are one of those teams that can make some noise in the playoffs, or this Dallas Cowboys team is Super Bowl bound. And year after year after year after year after year. There comes nothing but disappointment, especially towards the end of the season. Dak Prescott, I think, led the regular season or was amongst the leaders in interceptions last year. 
and he missed time due to injury. I think that Jerry Jones is a major part of of not only constructing this team, but a major reason why this team is held back. We still don't know about Mike McCarthy. I think that a lot of people hang on um hang on the fact that of course he won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. But this team, man, it, it this team to me is is compiled of a lot of good pieces and a lot of good players. But for for one for one for one reason or another, it just never matriculates into the team into the the, the expectations that people put on this team. And to me, a lot of that, I, I I understand we've seen flashes of greatness when we talk about Dak Prescott. I understand that there has been flashes of the Dak Prescott that you can confidently say is a top 10 to 15 quarterback in the league. But then we've also had times where Dak Prescott just looks terrible. I mean, I think that a big reason why they lost the playoff game last year against the 49ers is because of Dak Prescott's two very costly interceptions. I think that you can have an argument that Minka Parsons is one of the best, if not the best, defensive player in the league. I know that Aaron Donald, he's had that trophy for the longest, but... You can see that manifesting in Minka Parsons. You can you can have an there's an argument to be had that CeeDee Lamb is a top ten wide receiver in the league. Some people would even say top five. So there are pieces there on both sides of the ball. You just get Stephon Gilmore, who is a former defensive player of the year and still had some really good moments for Indianapolis. You still have Dexter Lawrence, who is an incredible defensive player. Like I said, you have Zach Martin. You have uh, you have the players. And I'm not just saying this. I, understand, I get this every single year. <laughs> I'm not just saying this because I'm a I'm a Washington fan. I'm saying this because of history. You have Brandon Cooks, who is a religious, religious thousand yard receiver. He damn near gets a thousand yards. It doesn't matter who passes to him. Trayvon Diggs can be considered one of the better, you know, cornerbacks in the league. Like you you have the pieces. So I'm not hating if or I'm not this isn't my fandom talking why I have doubt about the Dallas Cowboys. It is literally history. I mean, I am I am not young or old. I'm not young enough or I'm not old enough to how do I say? I don't I remember the whole Des Bryant catch not catch thing. 
I remember those Dallas Cowboys team led by Tony Romo that would make a lot of noise and would arguably be a, the best offensive or best team in the regular season and then just collapse in the playoffs. I remember the – yo, time and time again, Dallas has had the best team in the division. And I, I don't remember the last time they've been to the conference championship. And this is this is yet another year where I don't think that I think that the overall roster is better in Philadelphia than Dallas, but Dallas has a shot to have one of the best rosters in 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 the in the conference. But I still have doubts, and a lot of my doubts is because of what I've seen in the past and how this Dallas team has been great. And now this Dallas team has has had its moments of greatness. And, and it hasn't amount to anything. I think that this is always the loudest team or one of the loudest teams because of Jerry Jones. I think that Jerry Jones is hand on in this team and, and, and it's every, you know, it's day to day is one of the biggest reasons and one of the biggest hindrances for this team. And to me, and, uh, uh, until I see it, and I know it's kind of conventionally it's hard to, to wrap my, my brain around that. It's hard to wrap my brain around how good this roster is. Yet and still, I don't have, I don't foresee much success. I I could see this team, and this is this is the crazy part because of, you know, what we know about this Dallas Cowboys team, especially when we talk about the history. I can see this team. This team has the roster to make it to, at least a, a the second round of the playoffs. But I also know that this roster and the play of Dak Prescott can get this team out of here in the wild card. Dak Prescott came out and said he doesn't plan on having more than 10 interceptions. I think I've seen like four or or, or maybe even six or seven in the, in the, in, in training camp. I don't know much. I I don't really have much. I don't have an analytical breakdown of this Dallas Cowboys team. To me, this team is the the pure definition of I have to see it to believe it. Because again, it doesn't matter. It this roster is good, Malik Hooker. This roster is good, but. Until it starts matching the roster, starts match or the production starts matching the roster, I don't. It, it's it's. I mean, I know. Again, it sounds dismissive. It sounds like I'm, I'm just blowing past this team. I, I, I haven't seen anything. Again, yo, this team has Tony Pollard, man. Who had an incredible season last year? 
in uh, Tyler Smith, like Terrence Steele. This has this is a good roster, and this this roster has has religiously been one of the best. Or this offensive line has religiously been one of the best offensive lines in football, and that hasn't mattered. That hasn't mattered now. Yes, these this isn't the Hall of Fame offensive line that we're used to seeing from the Cowboys, but it is a good one. I guess what I'm trying to say and 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 going fifteen or going fifty miles just to get just to get to two miles. I, the success of this team is to me solely solely predicated on the success of their quarterback, which is Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott has a chance to be the best quarterback in this division. I think that we've seen flashes and we've seen instances of Dak Prescott where he has been better than Jalen Hurts. One of the biggest reasons why I put Jalen Hurts over Dak Prescott is the consistency that I've seen over the last few years or of the last two years of Jalen Jalen Hurts, the consistency. I think the consistency of greatness has been there for Jalen Hurts. Or even though, yes, I did admit he, he wasn't that good against the 49ers. But... I I have I haven't seen much consistency from Dak Prescott as far as the level that he looked what was it? He looked incredible against the Chargers last year. He looked incredible against the the I believe yeah, the pa- Patriots last year. But then I also remember how he looked against the the Green Bay Packers or against the Washington Commanders the last game of the season. The game that they actually needed. So I don't I don't really have much else to say about this team except for it's going to go as good as this team is because it has a chance to be incredibly good and it has a chance to make some make a lot of noise in the NFL this year. To me, that's only predicated on how good or how consistent Dak Prescott can be. So, speaking of consistency, it is yes, it is a new day. To be a wash, and it feels good to be a Washington fan because the whole Dan Snyder is out of here. Like it's, it's just there. I don't think you understand how much of a weight that has been lifted off of the franchise's shoulders. And just as a fan, it feels different, and it feels better saying that you're a Commanders fan. Dan Snyder was the worst owner in sports. Not just not just the NFL in sports. And this is 
this is a same sports realm that has the Oakland A's owner. This is the same sport that has the owner of the 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 Browns. The Dan Snyder was the worst owner in football or in sports. So it feels good to have that regime up out of here. It just it feels better. I think in and of itself that is a win for the season. Now when we get to this the, the when we get to the the roster, when we get to the team, I don't have much hope in this team right now. And that is solely because of Sam Howell. Mind you, the, this this is the same Washington team that didn't want to trade for Lamar Jackson because they had so much faith in Sam Howell. I will say that in the in the one preseason game they had against the Browns, Sam Howell did look pretty good. But that's the first preseason game. I don't know how much you want to take away from the first preseason game. And rightfully so, the last few years, and it it it, it it's it's also true for this year. Washington has a pretty good roster. Let me let me. Washington has a great defense. Washington has one of the best defenses in football, led by Jonathan Allen. Uh, you have Chase Chase. Uh, you have Chase Young. You have Deron Payne. You have Cameron Curl. They have uh, Jamin Davis. They have one of the best defenses in football. Kendall Fuller, who be getting beat a lot. I like I like Kendall Fuller, but he he yeah he gets he gets beat a lot. But like I said, this this team has one of the best defensive lines in football. The defense is not something that I'm worried about. The problem with this team for years now, has been their offense. And it's usually been two positions. It's been, or two units. It's been the quarterback unit and it's been the offensive line. Both of which have been hella inconsistent these last few years. That's a lie. The The quarterback position has been very inconsistent. The offensive line has been very consistent and consistently bad for a good minute now. I mean, think about it, man. You had Tyler Heineke. You had Alex Smith. Uh, Kyle um, Kyle Allen. Colt McCoy. The, the, it, when we talk about inconsistency, ain't not, oh, I forgot about Carson Wentz. There has been nothing more inconsistent in the NFL than the Washington Commanders quarterback unit. 
And this is with Terry McLaurin, who I think is a top 10 wide receiver in this league. We also have Antonio Gibson, who is a very good running back. He just has a problem fumbling the ball at times. I say all that to say, man, I don't have much faith in this team. I think that this team has a roster that is good enough to maybe make a wild card or maybe win more games than I'm expecting them to win. But I need to see Sam Howell. And I need to see how good Sam Howell is against an actual NFL roster. Now, I know, yes, uh, there's a lot of stock being put into the the last win or the 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 win against the Cowboys the last game of the season last year. I understand that, and that was a big win. But I I want to see what he looks like going into the season as the starting quarterback. I want to see what he looks like again. I mean, because if you look at the Washington Washington schedule, right. You have to go. They have some tough defenses that they have to play. You have to play the Denver defense, the Buffalo Bills defense, the Eagles defense. Um, you have the Giants defense. You have the Patriots defense. You have the Miami Dolphins defense, the Rams defense, the Jets defense, the 49ers defense. So you're going to I want to see what Sam Sam Howell looks like against a top tier defense. You're playing arguably the two best defenses in the league this year, and that is the 49ers and the the Eagles. So I need to see how they fare. And I don't have – let me say this about this division. To me, this division in general is not – the, of course, it hasn't been the division of old for a while. You know, those days where the Dallas Cowboys, the Washington Redskins, excuse me for, you know, I'm just talking about the past, but the Washington Redskins, the the New York Giants, gone are those days where those teams were were the, the marquee teams in the league, outside of maybe Dallas, but that's mainly due to popularity. Long gone, long gone are those days where those teams were the faces and the marquee teams of the league. Now, going into the season, outside of the, the Philadelphia Eagles, you really have nothing but question marks. I think that Dallas is a better team and a better roster than the Washington Commanders. I definitely know that the Eagles are better. And I think that I don't know how – let me say this. I don't know how close or is Sam Dar- is Sam Howell closer to Dal- Dak Prescott or is he closer to Daniel Jones? Or is he is he f- not close to either of them and he's not that good? Or is he better? I don't know. There's a lot of I don't knows when we talk about this Washington offense. I know that the defense is going to be good. And that's another thing. Montez Sweat. I don't. I don't understand why. I get it, but then I don't get it. I don't understand why you don't pick up Chase Young's what fifth year option. Chase Young. I understand the injuries and everything, and it's it's pretty much a see to believe thing. But why Chase Young? 
is arguably, when healthy, arguably your best defensive player. And this is on the defense that has Deron Payne and that has uh, Montez Sweat, that has Jonathan Allen. Chase Young has the ability to be your best player. I don't. And and like I said, not not just best player as far as the team. I don't know why you don't pick it up. I'm looking at this roster right now, man, and there there's some pieces. Logan Thomas, um, they got they got pieces, man. Benjamin St. Jude, Trent Scott. Curtis Samuel, he just needs to stay healthy. Brandon Robinson, Jeremy Reeves, they they have they have options, man. It's just like I said, I, I it's hard for me to to bank on this team, and it's hard for me to have a raving review for this team until I see how good Sam Howell is. And honestly, I don't as a as a Commanders fan, I don't have much hope. <laughs> that Sam Howell is gonna be the the it's gonna be much better than Tyler Heineke. And Tyler Heineke had his moments, but he wasn't that good either, to be completely honest with you. I know he's the backup quarterback, I believe, in uh Atlanta right now. So good for him. But I I don't see much I don't have much faith in this Washington team. Be mostly because of the offense side of the ball. If it was just if we were just banking on the defense, then yeah, I think Washington is is a top tier defense in the league. But the offense has to get on the field at some point, and I don't I don't have much faith in it because I don't I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. I know how good Terry McLaurin is. I know how good Curtis Samuel can be. I know how good Brandon Robinson can be. Uh, I know how good. Logan Thomas can be. I just don't know about Sam Howell. So let's move forward and talk about the last team that probably had one of the loudest off seasons this year, and that is the New York Giants. It's we've talked at nauseum about the the Daniel Jones contract and the holdout that Saquon Barkley was doing and the ultimate contract that he the one year contract he got and I ad nauseum talked about how I felt that Saquon Barkley is their best player he should be paid he should be prioritized and I just don't feel like he was prioritized I feel like they're prioritized the quarterback position, even though the quarterback position is not the best position on the team. So I've talked about that at nauseum. And to me, this this Giants team has a bunch of good individuals. Like I said, we talked about Saquon Barkley. Uh, they they got um, Darren Waller from the Ram- Raiders. You also have Dexter Lawrence, who is one of the best defensive players in the league. 
I think that this is Isaiah Hodges, wide receiver. Like that, it's it's gonna be good. Jalen White, who is from Tennessee, he's a rookie, but he he is a speedster if if I've ever seen one. I think that this team is gonna be. I'm gonna be real with you, bro. <laughs> I don't think that this is that good of a roster. They have, like I said, they have pieces. They have good pieces. But I don't think this is that good of a roster. I know they have a good coach in Brian Dayball, and I think that Brian the the Brian Dayball is the biggest reason why Daniel Jones got paid. But I don't think this is that good of a team. And the only only reason why I'm picking them to not come in last place is because I don't know how good Sam Howell could be. I don't I don't have much faith in this team. This team this roster isn't that good, man. Especially this roster not being that good and you prioritizing Daniel Jones over Saquon Barkley and not prioritizing the offensive line which has been porous for as long as I can remember. I'm trying to, outside of the names that I've I've named, I'm trying to find the breakout star. Maybe Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, Bobby McCain, but he was getting torched last year. Yeah, man, this... Xavier McKinney, he's cool. But this... Yeah, man. Darren Waller is, is, I think, giving, getting a, one of the biggest problems, James Robinson's pretty good, too. One of the biggest problems that they had last year was the wide receiver core. I know Sterling Sharp, who is back, he got hurt last year. Darius Slayton, he continuously dropped passes in big, in key situations. Um, Andrew Thomas is good. Kayvon Thibodeau, their defense, I'll say that, their defense is okay. You know, Leonard Williams, their defense is good. But I, I, I don't have faith in Daniel Jones, man. I've seen Daniel Jones be at his worst, and it wasn't even his best. His best was cool. I know we're putting a lot of stock in them beating the, the Minnesota Vikings last year uh, and, you know, ultimately – getting destroyed by the the by the Eagles but the Minnesota Vikings defense was horrible last year like horrible I just don't I don't have much faith in this this Giants team I don't have much faith in this division outside of the Eagles This is not that good of a this this division has a lot of question marks Will Dak Prescott finally play up to the potential that we've seen him and that we know that he could play? How good is Sam Sam Howell? And will the the Washington's offense finally catch up or 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 kind of close the gap to their defense? Is 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 the is this a fluke? Was last year Daniel Jones a fluke? 
or is it mainly because of Brian Dayball? Because we know how good Brian Dayball is when it comes to quarterback, i.e. how he was able to transform and turn around uh, Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. I just don't – I could be – I could – I would I would be ecstatic if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong and this is one of the best divisions in football, I, I will gladly come on here and say that I'm wrong. But I just don't see it. I think that this is a runaway division for the Eagles. And while, yes, I think that the defense is going to be good, I'd, for the Giants, I just don't know if their offense can, can match their production, i.e. the same thing I feel about the Washington Commanders. And while Saquon Barkley, in my opinion, is, is going to be their best player or best offensive player again, how is that going to fare with a, a, a poor offensive line? The offensive line is not good. So, in 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 totality, I don't have. I think that the Eagles are the best team in this division by a wide margin, and every other team has question marks, especially the the Giants. And every team is is led outside of maybe Dallas and, and Dak Prescott is led by question mark at the quarterback position. But even Dak Prescott is a question mark because are you going to get the interception field, Dak Prescott, or or what? So we'll, we'll just have to see, man. That has been the divisions or the NFC. That uh, Next episode, Saturday's episode, I'm going to start tackling the AFC. Uh, probably start with the AFC North, maybe. But, yeah, that has been the NFC. I think that if we want to rank the divisions uh, in the NFC, I think the clear-cut number or the last division is probably the South. NFC South, then probably the NFC East. Outside of yeah, the whole division as a whole, NFC East. Then I'll say NFC. Actually, number two. Okay, let's start. The worst is to me NFC South, and in, in the NFC, the NFC South. Then I'll say the NFC North. Then I'll go NFC East. Uh, NFC West. Yeah. So we 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 will see, man. We will see. And I'm excited. Like I said, next episode I'm going to start tackling the AFC and and yeah, I'm I'm getting more and more excited with the season coming. It's it's oh, it's gonna be a doozy, I will say that. Um last topic actually not the last topic, but let's let's talk about this James Harden thing. Because uh, James Harden is in is in is in rare form. <laughs> James Harden has activated the the get me out of here, James Harden. James Harden will go down in history as one of the greatest get me out of here players. Meaning, you he is one of the best at making it so uncomfortable that it's it's you almost have to force him to get out. Like you almost can't allow him to come back. Tracy McGrady was like that. 
Vince Carter, even though we love Vince Carter, don't get me wrong, Vince Carter's one of the best players in, in the history of the NBA. Vince Carter was like that. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was kind of like that. James Harden has been on the outs, let's say, with the Philadelphia Eagles and and mainly Daryl Morey, who is the what GM of the 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 Seventy Sixers. I said the Eagles. I meant the Seventy Sixers. James Harden was is on his tour, foreign tour. When we talk about you know camps and and Adidas press runs, he's on his China leg of the press run. And James Harden, while being videotaped, pretty you know pretty much, he said Daryl Morey is a liar, and. I will never be a part of the organiz- or be a part of an organization that he is a part of. He even said, let me say that again. <laughs> Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he is part of. I don't know if you guys remember, but Daryl Morey in, is one of the main f- reasons and one of the biggest factors of James Harden's success, not only in Houston, but also getting James Harden to Philly. They they have had a good relationship up until now. One thing that players are not good at, in my opinion, are being honest with themselves about themselves. I don't, I, 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 I think there are times when a player is the last person to read or, or yeah, under, read the tea leaves. At his height, and I've talked about this before, but we have to talk about it again. At his height, James Harden was arguably one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. At his height, James Harden could be considered one of, if not the greatest offensive weapon at the shooting guard position we've ever seen. We can put him up there with Michael Jordan. We can put him up there with Kobe Bryant as far as scoring the basketball at the shooting guard position. However, at his height, James Harden has had multiple flameouts in the playoffs. In fact, every single time he's been to the playoffs, he's had flameouts. Now, yes, there were years when you can he came off the bench against OKC. I heard I hear that a lot. Or what do you expect? He went up against the Kevin Durant Golden State Warriors. Completely negating the fact that he was up three two against that team. 
for those teams. One of the reasons why I said that players are the last are sometimes the last to see the tea leaves is because you want to live in this aura and you want to live in this box that makes you think that you are still the player that you were in your prime. And James Harden most definitely is not. One of James Harden's greatest skills. I know people are going to say getting to the free throw line. Now, one of James Harden's greatest skill was creating separation, whether that was off the first or, you know, the dribble, whether, you know, dribble moves, whether that was off a step back, whether that was off his quick first step. James Harden's one of his greatest attributes was creating separation. James Harden does not have that anymore. James Harden very rarely is able to create separation now. And that's even on bigs. One of the one of the worst thing, not worst. I will say one of the worst things that could have happened to James Harden in the psyche of James Harden was that what 40 40 something point game against that 40 something point game or the two 40 point games I think he had in the playoffs against the Celtics. I think that was able to trick his mind into thinking that he is possibly the still or still the James Harden of old, and he's not. He hasn't been that since he departed from Houston. Now, like I said before, when James Harden is done with the team, he's done. And he is one of the greatest at being done with the team. We remember in Houston the, the iconic quote unquote fat suit and how he came drastically overweight. Or when I think he had like four points, his last game, I think he had like four points and six turnovers in Houston. Or we can talk about in. <laughs> how I think he had a triple-double or something. And instead of going with the team, he went to party in Houston when he was in Brooklyn. Or how he waited until the trade deadline to demand a trade or the week of the trade deadline to demand a trade. Or when he pretty much threw his team under the bus and said, hey, I mean, I don't know how to fix it. And then walked out of a press conference. And now we have James Harden calling Daryl Morey a liar in China. When Daryl Morey is like, we know about the history that Daryl Morey in China have. And he's like enemy number one. James Harden knows what he's doing. I will say this. Now, obviously, I don't know. We don't know the inner proceedings that goes on with Daryl Morey and and contracts and his players and stuff. But this is the second time Daryl Morey or, yeah, second time Daryl Morey has been called a liar. 
he got called a liar. Uh, Chris Paul called him a liar when they, with the whole trade situation, when he got traded from Houston to OKC. And now James Harden is calling him a liar. I'm bringing back the unpopular topic of the week or unpopular topic of the day. I'm bringing that back. And I'm going to start with this episode. Uh, So we're going to broach that in a second. But what I will say is this now. I feel that James Harden's legacy now is more on or is less about what he did as far as the offensive weapon that he was and and how great of a player he is or was. I think his legacy is now turning into how great he is at destroying a team towards the end of his tenures in the team. Because when James Harden is done with a team, he's done with a team. And honestly, you can look at the the, the history. You know how people do on social media when they talk about, you know, the starting five of players that Kevin Durant played with or LeBron James played with or Kyrie Irving played with and how that starting five would be great. You can do the same thing for James Harden. And it's crazy to me how many good players he's played alongside and it hasn't. He's only been to one NBA Finals. In fact, I think he's only been to one conference, no, two conference finals, three, three, two, two or three. I know one in Houston and one in OKC. I'm going to, like I said, the unpopular topic of the day, I'm going to address Daryl Morey for a second. But this James Harden thing, man, it he knows what he's doing. I will say that calling Daryl Morey a liar in China on video twice is crazy. <laughs> and I, I know that people are saying, I will say this. Of course, the, the preferred destination that James Harden wants to go to is the Clippers. And I do think that a healthy Kawhi, which we haven't seen in a while, a healthy Paul George, a healthy James Harden, and uh, Russell Westbrook definitely should be in consideration to be a favorite. But health always plays a part, and I don't – we haven't seen at least three of those players be healthy for a, a long period of time for a while. But I'm interested to see how this situation plays out because 
James Harden is is going the route of I have to make it so toxic that they don't even want me in. I can't even be in the building. James Harden, again, they 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 talk about the you know the fat suit or whatever, but James Harden doesn't look like he played. He's been in the gym at all this. When you see with some of the videos and how heavy he looks, he doesn't look like he's been in the gym this entire off season. I could be wrong. I don't know, but it just that's what it looks like. And this is yet another chapter of the James Harden saga, which is unfortunate, man. Because like I said, James Harden is one of the best players. In NBA history. But he also, I believe, will find himself on that 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 list that nobody wants to find themselves on. And that is being one of the best players that never won a ring. Dame's on that list right now. Mello, John Stockton, Dominique Wilkins, Chris Paul. James Harden. And lastly, before we go, like I said, I'm bring I'm I'm bringing back unpopular topic of the week. And my unpopular topic, to me, or is going to center around verbal deals. And. Wink, wink deals. I believe that James Harden is calling Daryl Morey a liar because I believe there was a verbal deal or a wink, wink deal in place that James Harden takes less money last year so that he can get a max contract this year. And obviously that didn't happen. James Harden didn't play too well in the playoffs again, and they didn't offer him a long-term max contract. I understand the principle, or let me say, I understand the 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 wanting to move on good faith in good terms. And I understand the importance of moving on good faith and good terms as far as these type of deals. But what you have to understand and what what players mostly have to understand is a wink wink deal is not a deal. A, a, A verbal deal is not a deal. A deal is a concrete paper or a concrete contract that you have to sign. Until then, you have nothing. So while I do believe that Daryl Morey had a wink-wink deal in place, I also believe that it wasn't a deal. It was just, yeah, I'll do this for you. But then Daryl Morey also saw that James Harden did not play good in the playoffs. Like, he had two games. He didn't play another playoff flameout. And it was just like, I can't do that. 
my unpopular topic of the day is, yo, players, stop banking on these wink-wink deals or these verbal deals because they're not deals. They're just words. So now you don't get put in a situation like James Harden expecting something that nobody really thought was coming, to be honest with you. James Harden hasn't been the Houston James Harden since Houston. So to think that you were going to get a max contract that was going to completely just decimate the team is crazy to me. Look, man, James, look. I do think that Daryl... It's not just a Daryl Morey thing, man. It is a, you know, player stop going off of wink-wink deals. Because they're not deals. They're just, they're promises that can be very well, that can, that can be very much not acted on. So now, because it's kind of like, you know how the business is. It don't matter how good of a relationship you have with the GM. The GM's job is not to make you happy. The GM's job is to make the team better. Now, I'm not absolving, you know, Daramore. I'm not absolving any of these 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 owners or GMs that that put these deals in place, they need to either stop doing it or or stop doing it. If you're gonna do something, do it now. So now you don't have situations where you have your second best player on video calling you a liar in China when we know the relationship that Daryl Morey has with the Chinese. Again, man, these wink-wink deals do nothing for no one except put you in a position where, as a player, you're expecting something that that possibly will never come. And as an owner, it's like, or GM, why would you do that? The unpopular topic of the day is stop going off of wink-wink deals because they're not deals at all. They're just promises that can become empty really quick. And there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. Um, If you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also, Please subscribe to the YouTube. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening. It definitely means a lot to me. I am so close to a thousand subscribers. I'm less than a hundred away. Please, please, please tell a friend, tell a friend. Uh, Subscribe if you can, if you haven't subscribed. And again, I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers and anything would help, man. Uh, Also, follow the socials, follow Instagram, follow TikTok. I post pretty much daily uh shorts and reels and and posts and and and, and stories and stuff. And you know, I I enjoy interacting with people just keep it respectable, keep it 
keep it, you know, keep it, keep it clean. Um, I understand that you may not agree with something I say and vice versa. Just keep it clean and, and we will interact. I enjoy interacting with people that listen to me. So, uh, yeah, man, subscribe and, and follow the socials. Uh, and until next time, much love. <laughs>